welcome to the First Baptist Church Fairview Podcast. Here's Pastor Duane. All right, go ahead and take your Bible. Let's turn together to Proverbs chapter 3. As our seniors make their way and their families to their seats, we turn to Proverbs 3, and I'm going to give us a graduation challenge. And this message is not only for our graduates, it is for all of us. Proverbs 3, I'll just begin reading in just a moment. In verse 1, I was kind of reflecting on, you know, what am I going to preach today? What can I give our graduating seniors as far as a a strong challenge and encouragement. And the Lord laid this passage on my heart, found in Proverbs, and the Bible says this in 3.1. My son, do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days, years of life and peace, they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Now, for everybody, I would underline the next verse. Really pay attention here. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth, from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Let's pray together. Lord, I just pray that you would teach us from this chapter God, I thank you for every senior today. What a milestone each one has reached. And Father, they have have experienced success and great achievement. But Father, I pray every senior would fix their eyes on you. And God, I pray they would apply these verses as the future is so exciting, full of opportunities and potential. But Lord, as we all know, they will face adversity. All of us, we face challenges. But God, may we fix our eyes on you and trust in you no matter what life throws at us. God, may the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. My rock and redeemer, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I found this article and it says, Dear Abby, Dear Abby recorded a powerful story and a young man from a very wealthy family was about to graduate from high school. And it was a custom in their very affluent community to, for parents to give their graduating children a new car. How many people are all up for that, all right? And so in this community, uh, a lot of them got a new car. And so, uh, and the boy and his dad, this specific family, had spent many weeks visiting car dealerships Uh, one after another. And the week before graduation, they found the perfect car. And the boy was certain it would be in the driveway on graduation night. And so on the eve of graduation, however, 
His father handed him a very small package, not a big package, but a very small package wrapped in colorful paper. And so the father said the package contained the most valuable gift the father could think of. It was a Bible. And the boy's reaction was so uh, angry. He, he threw the Bible down, stormed out of the house. He and his father never saw each other again in this article. Several years later, the news of the father's death finally brought the son home again. And following the funeral, he sat alone one evening going through his father's possessions and as he was to inherit. Um, when he came across the Bible, his dad gave him at graduation, overwhelmed, of course, by grief. He brushed away the dust and cracked open the Bible for the first time. And so when he did, guess what fell out of that Bible? Cashier's check dated the day of his high school graduation fell in his lap. The exact amount of the car they had chosen together. The gift had been given all along. It was there all along, but the boy turned it away. And so as we think about the most valuable gift that 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 we can give you, that we encourage you to fix your eyes on. It's not material, graduates. The most valuable gift the Father has given us is the Word of God. The only way we can learn to live with all of the pressure, problems, and all the perplexities that life will throw at us is by leaning on and learning from God and His written Word. If you've ever had a verse on your fridge at home, probably one time or another, probably you've had chapter three, five, and six. This seems to come to the top on so many occasions. So graduates, I leave you with this strong challenge today. You have your whole life in front of you. You have your whole life and you've got dreams and you've got possibilities and you've got so many things that you want to accomplish. So dream big and go for it. But I promise you one thing, you will also have trials. Something will challenge your faith. Something will test you at your core. Someone that's better than you, someone will oppose you. You will have something happen to cause you to think about everything. And I would urge you as we kind of work through these verses, make sure your faith is your faith, not your daddy's faith. Make sure you're living for the Lord because out of conviction that God has blessed you, not because your family's worshiping Jesus. It's a good thing when families model the faith, but this must be your faith. The Bible tells us very clearly, in all of your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. So here's what I know from the text. Here's what I know from life. God has a will for your life. He does. He doesn't make copies. He makes originals. And there's a will for me and there's a will for you. And God has many methods as he has men. He has but one purpose for my life and your life. You've got one purpose and you've got to get this. And it's not to be successful and it's not to have fame and fortune. Those things might come. But your one purpose is to reflect Jesus. That's why you're made. 
That's why God made you and called you and saved you and set you apart. All the achievements, all the blessings that you own, you have at this moment comes from above. And so we have the same purpose. It's to be like Jesus. So let's talk a little bit about letting God have control of our lives and directing our ways, all right, in these dark days because this world is so jacked up. It really is. It's so chaotic. And as you go off to college in the workplace, I have no idea what people will do to you. I have no idea what they're going to say to you in the classroom, in the dorm, wherever you are, but have your faith ready ready to give a defense, ready, ready to share your testimony, Christ. So you're thinking, well, you know, pastor, how does this break down? I mean, how can I know God's will for my life? How can I find guidance? How can, how can I be led of the spirit of God? It's interesting. The book of Proverbs recognizes the need for inward out transformation. It's when you allow the Lord to work on the inside and then it just flows on the outside. This is not behavior modification I'm talking about. I'm talking about you know God. You've been changed. Your heart has been so convicted and changed that the the, the outflow of that is just a life of worship and obedience. So we've been invested in you and youth ministers have been investing in you. Your parents have modeled the faith. They're giving you all that they know. Now you are to live for Christ. Continue to live. Proverbs isn't exhorting us to behavior first and then foremost. It's advocating our need for regeneration before these things can be followed. You got to let the inside change, then the outside reflects the interchange. So what do we do? Number one, put this in your notes. We find the command to trust the Lord. We've got a straight command. In Webster's Dictionary, the word trust is defined this way. It is a firm belief or an assured reliance in the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. So when the author says trust in the Lord, you're giving full allegiance, full faith that God is who he says he is. He is strong and sure. Also, it translates one in which confidence is placed, a dependence on something in the future. How do you trust the Lord? Well, you cannot trust someone that you do not know. You must trust in the Lord from a relationship, okay? Now listen, friend, here it is. Don't miss it. If you wanna be blessed in this life, to know the Lord Jesus is to love him. And to love him is to trust him. To trust him then is to obey him. To obey him is to find God's will for your life. And to find God's will for your life is to be blessed. Amen? You got to find God's will. And to do that, you have to know him. And so I trust all of you know him. So walk with him. Let me give you a couple of verses. Just remember these. Psalm 33, 18, behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his steadfast love. 
Psalm 146, 5. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord. Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will lift you up. He will sustain you. Psalm 28, 6, blessed be the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. I really believe that. I mean, in my life, I remember sitting where you are, graduates, and my pastor preached a message like this. And the whole world was in front of me. I mean, I had dreams and hopes. I went off to union and the rest is history. I mean, following after the Lord. But, you know, I had to realize really quick, my help comes from God. And I don't know what we'll face tomorrow. I don't know the loss I'm going to have. I don't know the persecution, the opposition, the struggle with academics, family life. I have no idea about the future, but I know who holds the future. And he holds me. And he's holding you, so keep your eyes on him, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. So you find it difficult maybe to trust in the Lord with all of your heart? You have a half-hearted trust. If you're finding difficulty, it's a half-hearted trust. You want me to tell you why? Maybe, maybe you're not like what you're going to hear, but I'll tell you, if you're having difficulty trusting in the Lord, it's because you don't love the Lord with all of your heart. I'm talking when you get up, Deuteronomy 6 says, talk about him, reflect on him, think about your blessings, how he's brought you to this point. Hey, you made it through high school. Amen to that. You've got achievements. You made it. That's a big deal. But realize who gave you the health to make it. Realize the people God put in your path, the teachers and the youth ministers and parents. And, and you've got a church. Fit. Look, Everybody look at each other. Will you all do that real quick? We've got so many people in here and online. We are a team. We're a family. And you think back through the years how people invested in you and believed in you and prayed for you. You remember those difficult teenage years? You remember when you hit a crossroads? Who was there? People around you, but definitely God. Let me share some things as we think about trusting in the Lord with all of our heart. Who trusted in God in the scripture? So many men and women. Jacob trusted God when everything was messed up. Esther trusted God even when uh, there was fear. Deborah trusting God through the demands of life. Zechariah and Elizabeth trusting God when a longing was unfulfilled. And you've got Isaiah trusting God when bad news was on the horizon. It's very much as we think about trusting in the Lord, seeking to find hidden treasure, longing to know God and you're digging in his word and you're staying close to him when everything is falling apart. I think about King Solomon, the author of this proverb. And when God asked Solomon to ask for anything in the world, what did Solomon ask for? Anybody know? He asked for wisdom. Write down in your notes, 1 Kings 3, Probably the simplest definition of wisdom is this. Wisdom is the ability to see things from God's perspective. And we need wisdom. Graduates, you need wisdom. Your parents need it. A church family, we all need it online. We need God's wisdom to see the world from the lens of our Lord. 
and also see people from the lens of God. And Solomon asked for wisdom. When you check out that prayer, man, God blessed Solomon. He was filled with humility and faith as he prayed to God. And then God responded and blessed him and said, man, your years are going to be prolonged. You're going to have prolonged years. I'm going to bless you and overwhelm you with my presence. We need to claim that. That with God, all things are possible according to his will as we seek the Lord and live this life for the glory of God. All of this, as far as trust, points in the direction of God and tells us that there is hope in that direction. It's complete confidence, right? It reminds us that God is faithful. We can count on him. As Drew mentioned, people will let you down. I promise you they will. Professors will make you mad. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. There'll be some people on college campuses to really irritate you, but guess what? They'll also challenge your faith. Make sure you have your faith. And while you believe what you do, when things rattle you, you go back trusting the Lord with all of your hearts. Secondly, the condition of trust in the Lord. So what do we do from the text? Uh, we got the command to do it, but what is the condition? We lean not on our own understanding. When the Lord says you're not to lean on your own understanding, he's not saying you're not to have understanding. You're to have the understanding that comes from a Christ follower. We're not fans, we're followers. Fans are fickle. You're winning, all's good. When you're not winning, a lot of people bail, don't they? We're followers of Jesus. Take up your cross and follow after him. Don't lean on the world's understanding and what you think. You lean on God's word. We need the word of God. There's a famine in the land. We gave each of you a Bible this morning. I urge you to read it. Cling to God. Cling to his word. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Things are gonna go wrong in life. I remember trying to get to my seminary one January in New Orleans and, and I'm in the airport and I'm like, I've gotta get on that plane, but they're not gonna let me get on the plane because it was snowing like crazily. And that dreaded headline came up on the screen, your flight is canceled, which means your course is canceled, which means you're not going to graduate on time. I mean, there was a lot of fear in me, a lot of dread. I was crushed. I, I looked outside and I remember in that airport, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond? I've got a timeline. I've got to get to class. I've got to defend this paper. Lord, what, why? Anybody in this room ever asked the question, Lord, what are you up to? Graduates, if you haven't, you will. Lord, what are you teaching me? Why this adversity? Trust in the condition. Don't lean on your own understanding. God is working all things out for a greater good. What else do we gather from the text? Number three, we gather the call to let God guide your path. Let God guide your path, the call to let him guide you. I remember in high school, I was one of the running backs on the team and we were playing this team that was very, very good and we were not, all right? 
And so the O-line was really shaky. And so we're in the backfield. And I remember in a game, our coach said, hey, O-line, if you don't get down the field, Monday is going to be rough. Which means O-line, offensive line, get down the field and block for the small guys in the backfield. Which I really appreciated that. And so I think they heeded his advice, you know, because that next play, they cleared a path. You know, God knows how to clear a path. God knows how to work things out. When we face obstacles and opposition, he says to us, let me block and clear a path for you. Just put your hand in mine and I will take you where you need to go. And our God can do that. He can clear a path. I mean, our enemies can fall. Opposition can cease. We are overcomers because Jesus overcame. It goes back to the gospel. And though I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, if you do this, everything in life is going to be hunky-dory. That's wrong. If anything, it's going to be harder. (laughs) But it's worth it because you're a follower of Jesus, so live like it. Every area of our lives should be turned over to God. We trust him in salvation. We trust him with assurance. We trust him in daily living. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn from evil in verse seven, and it will be a healing to your body. And then last, I leave you with this. The commitment to placing God first in your life. What does the Bible say? Honor the Lord from your wealth, from the first, circle that word, the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves. Even as a father corrects the son in whom he delights. I mean, the book of Proverbs is, is a father writing to his son, right? And so we're talking about placing God first with our wealth, right? With our materialism, with our money. But but there's something more here. When When you give to God first, right? Out of your paycheck, you're trusting the Lord to take your gift and bless and multiply it. You're trusting in him. So the author is saying, with God, place him first. Give what belongs to him, but give your very lives Keep a proper perspective. All blessings come from God and the promises of God are true. I'm gonna leave you with just some application, all right? Here's just a word from from me to you. In life, don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on your strength. It could be taken. Don't depend on your money and your fame or whatever. All that could be no more. But depend on the Lord. Let him fight your battles. And stand back and watch. I think about the Old Testament. So many men and women just, they stood back and they watched the Lord fight so many battles as they lived for the glory of God. Secondly, cry out to God for help. There'll be times you feel lonely. There'll be times you question a lot. But I promise you one thing. When everything falls apart, God will never, ever leave his children. He'll always be there. Put God first. You have God and then all relationships and everything in life. That's the right plan. 
And I would say last, listen to the Spirit of God and read his word. Read his word. And you're going you're gonna to prosper. And like Solomon, the Bible says, I'm going to bless you because you've sought wisdom. Listen, we need wisdom today. So in this invitation, as we think about trust in the Lord with all of our heart. I mean, the Bible says the mouth speaks the abundance of what? Tell me. What is in your heart? Every head is bowed. Maybe this morning, like Dwayne, that sermon was for me. I don't know the Lord. And first and foremost, I need to trust him. I urge you, call on his name for salvation right now. As, as they play softly, other families, you're like, Dwayne, we need wisdom. We're going to deal with empty nests. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming our way and I, we need help. I'm going to ask you parents to come. God's calling. Place your kids in the arms of Jesus. Do it. Do it now. Other families, you may, you may be thinking, well, we need to join this church. We would love to have you. Not because we're perfect, because God is on the move. Our goal is for you parents to be the primary disciple makers in your home. And then other people in the sanctuary, other believers, would you gather for prayer? Would you come to the altar? Would you lay down your very life for Jesus? Father, this is a, an emotional day. We have families rejoicing, but also crying. Lord, we have graduates so hopeful, and they should be. But Father, you promise to never leave them nor forsake them. Encourage them. Lord, we need men and women to make a difference in this world. God, may we be difference makers for you as we follow you no matter the cost. No matter what life throws at us, God, you are with us. Father, may we bring you glory as we trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, We would like to help you take your next steps spiritually. Visit our website, fbcfairview.org, to learn more about First Baptist Church Fairview. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.